Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. Welcome to the Cashflow Hacking Podcast, where we help people increase their cash flow. We do this by talking to the experts who have a proven financial strategy that has worked for them. We get the inside info with the smartest people by taking a deep dive, asking the right questions, and getting specific action steps that you can use. We study the experts who have defied conventional wisdom, who have unlocked the doors to greater wealth, and we share it with you. For those of you who realize that you're not yet at your full potential, you're underemployed, or you're simply looking to grow your cash flow, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Cashflow Hacking Podcast, hosted by Casey Stubbs. Hello, this is Casey from the Cashflow Hacking Podcast, and today I'm with Ross Stryker from Smart Asset Opportunities. He's the founder and CEO. Ross, thank you so much for being on the show today. Casey, I'm excited to be with you, and hopefully we can offer something that will help your listeners get to where they want to be faster. I think that's what we're here for. We want to help people make extra money. Um, you just can't work all the time uh, trying to make it in a regular job. Things are just too expensive. It's just too difficult to, to do that and live a lifestyle that you want to live. So I was really interested in having you on the show. I saw some really great stuff about some of the great things you've done. And one of the things that really impressed me was that you replaced your, your working cash flow with uh, investments in passive revenue, which essentially gave you the ability to not work in a job. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, just to, to let your listeners know my background, uh, I kiddingly say I'm a recovering orthodontist. So I had a nice profession and I enjoyed it for many years. Um, I was in the military for 12 years before that, and so my background is I was working, running a small business, which an orthodontic office is, and I was very successful at it. And Casey, actually, I thought that I was going to have to diet the chair because I didn't really see a good way to replace my transactional income with passive income because of the traditional advice that I was being given. Nothing wrong with the products people were selling, but it just wasn't going to get my wife and I to where we wanted to be until we were introduced to a group, I'll call it a mastermind, of people who were investing in real estate, which is where we are now, and I saw a pathway to create that trans, that passive income faster. And so, yes, within four years, I was able to replace and exceed my transactional income, my W-2 income, with passive income from real estate investing. Now, I'm not passive now. I'm a little more active, and we can get into that a little bit. But anyway, the bottom line is... I don't have to work, but I choose to work because I like to help other people reach that same freedom point, as I call it, that I reached. Right. And so did you actually stop uh, working in your practice now? I have. Yeah, I've sold my practice. Uh, I haven't 
put my fingers in somebody's mouth other than my own. I do brush my teeth and floss. But other than that, I don't put my fingers in people's mouths anymore for probably 15 months. So it did take a while to sell the practice. I will tell you that's, you know, anytime you own a business, you don't want to let that just fritter away. There's a certain value to a business. So living in a rural area of Missouri, uh, it was not an easy sell. Is a great practice. Just people don't want to live out here in a rural area. But so if it hadn't been for that, I probably would have been retired from that profession sooner. But yeah, for over a year, I haven't uh, worked in the orthodontic field. The way that you did it is you waited till you hit a certain threshold uh, before you even put up your practice for sale. You wanted to actually make sure that you could prove to yourself that you'd make enough revenue uh, in your passive investments. Well, that's kind of the way it worked, but okay, so here's the background. In 2014, I'm at the office, supposedly working and reviewing cases and getting ready for Monday morning, but I was kind of fishing around on the internet, and I see this gentleman named David Phelps, Freedom Founders is the name of his group, and it's a mastermind for busy dental medical professionals. Now, I, I joined that group. I don't belong to it anymore, but the bottom line is I saw this gentleman talking about real estate investing and how he was able to walk away from the profession of dentistry and replace his income. And as excited as I was about every Monday morning going to work, and I really did enjoy my profession, the honest truth was, Casey, it wasn't as fun as I made it out to be. I think I made it out to be that I loved it so much because I didn't have a choice. But once we went to the meeting and found out, you know what, I do have a choice. I don't have to accept passive income returns of three or four percent like the traditional financial advisor were telling us we could make eight ten double digit returns then i'm like i'm looking at my wife going we got this i mean we've accumulated enough wealth over my years of practice that we can deploy that at a higher return so the only thing keeping me from moving quicker was the sale of the practice but once i saw the the pathway Clearly, it was like, all right, I got to do this. And so we jumped in with both feet, and we haven't looked back since then. Now, what exactly was it that you did to generate this passive revenue? What steps did you take to get started on this road? Yeah, that, that is the key question because you can't well, – first of all, you've got to be part of a team. You cannot do this on your own. Look, you can do it this way, but I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend hanging around with your brother-in-law who flipped a house once and saying, hey, let's, let's, let's buy another house and flip it. That might work, but my feeling is you're going to be better served by getting involved with people that you know, like, and trust that are professionals in the industry first. Let them walk you along. Let them mentor you. Let them create some cash flow. Let them show you the path. And then if you want to get more active than that, but it, it truly is a team sport. You have to build a team. You have to find people who can acquire the properties at the right price that can put in the proper property management for your facility. You know, it, so it's not, I would not recommend people do this on their own. It, it's a, it's a possibility, but my feeling is you're better served by getting involved in a group that's doing this professionally, get involved with them. Okay, so th so that's really good advice, and I would agree with you on that, especially because a guy like me, I've been thinking about doing real estate, but the, the problem is I don't really know anything about it, and um, I'm a good learner, but I'm also learning all the other facts of my business, and I've got to stay on top of that, so to learn this new thing is a really big oh, undertaking. 
you, I tell you what, you, you point out the crippling thing that keeps people from getting involved with this is because my avatar, the folks that we typically deal with are busy professionals or business owners, and they're just so busy putting out the fires at their business. The idea of getting involved in real estate investing is so daunting to them. They don't even know where to begin. And so what do they do? They, they don't even begin because they don't know where to start. They're, they're afraid of getting burned. They're afraid of losing money. They've heard about the roller coaster that supposedly is a real estate market, just like Wall Street. And so they don't take action. So if you just will get out of your comfort zone and meet people that are doing this, it does require some networking, you know, right. uh, and not necessarily your local RIA, although that's not a bad place to start. Your local real estate investing club is not a bad place to learn, but it's not necessarily the place that would have worked for me. And so finding that group of like-minded people that were from my own profession too, that I could grow and, and learn to trust them and then find these other folks that are active in the real estate uh, investing arena, people that are actually acquiring properties, turnkey properties that I could purchase that were managed for us. I mean, it was just like they were taking us by the hand and saying, all right, let's do this. Let's take it one step at a time. So you're right. It's very difficult for somebody who's got a busy W-2 job to figure out where to start. I, I, again, it's, it's finding that team of people that you can work with. It's huge. Well, that's really good uh, to start. Now, I am really liking what I'm hearing here. And as always, I usually bring guests on the show so I can teach my audience. But I also have a hidden agenda of I'm trying to learn for myself as well. Sure. Uh, so yeah. If I wanted to replace my business revenue in four years, how do I get started? So I'll, I know that now I got to get a team. So I'm I'm there, but is it going to take me longer than four years? Uh, is the average person going to take four years? How do I get a roadmap to go from zero? to replacing all my revenue in four years? Yeah, well, first of all, I wouldn't give somebody a timeline of four years because it depends on everybody is different. For example, let's say somebody's just getting into the job market. They're in their early 20s. They're just developing some cash flow, all right? They don't have a credit history. Are they going to make it in four years? No. Okay. But take somebody like I was. I was late 50s. I built up equity. I had the credit. I could go to people and borrow money and so on. For me, four years was possible, okay? So everybody's got a little different. It also depends on what your goal is. I mean, if somebody comes to me and says, I just want $5,000 a month to live on and that'll be fine, and I've got this lump sum of money right here, I could say, well, you're, you're there now. But if somebody comes to me like the average dental or medical professional, sorry, I mean, some of them have family budgets that are the budget of small countries, okay? I mean, they're spending. <laughs> like, that's my budget. That's my budget. Okay. I'm just telling right, you so right now. Somebody comes to me and says, you know, here's what I'm spending. Here's my burn rate, as I call it, every month. It's 20. It might be $25,000 a month, and I've only got $100,000 saved. I would say, uh, I don't think you're going to make it in four years. Here's the good answer. The good answer is you'll always get there faster with somebody else, people that you know, like, and trust. You'll get there faster than you will on your own. So regardless of whether you make it in four years or it takes six years in some cases, again, back to the team sport thing, if you find the right people, and boy, that's key because you know, Casey, in any industry, there are people that will take advantage of you. Right. It doesn't matter if it's Wall Street. It doesn't matter if it's real estate. There's people that don't have your best interests at heart. So you just have to be very careful who you associate with. 
Right. And that's, that's life in general. You've got to find the right people. That's so critical. Yeah. So I didn't answer your question about the timeline, Yeah. but the, the bottom line is you'll, you'll get there a lot quicker if you have help. Okay. Well, right. I'll, I'll just readjust my question a little bit. Yeah. When you got into this, did you have the timeline of four years or did you even, you were just going to go and see what happened? I didn't have a timeline, but it quickly became apparent as we started deploying our assets into the investments that we were there. We were actually there within a year of starting to deploy our assets because we had been stewards of our money. We had assets. We had things that we could deploy. We had investments that were in municipal bonds or other things that we had accumulated over the years. It wasn't like we were spending every dollar that we made. So we had assets to deploy. We also had something very important when you start getting involved in real estate investing, although you can use other people for this, we had a credit history. So we could go to lenders and say, hey, we're going to buy this duplex. Do we qualify for this loan? Sure, you're good for it. So having that W-2 income, that credit history, is important for people getting started. So I definitely would not suggest this. Go in and tell your boss you're quitting today and then start investing in real estate tomorrow. No, keep that W-2 job. That income you've got now, that credit history you have now is huge to get started. And then as you start to see that passive income develop, you may be able to walk in on that Monday morning and tell your boss it's time. Or in your case, if you're a business owner, it's time to tell yourself that you're fired. Yeah. Now, did you have to, you mentioned redeploying. So did you have like 401k or stock investments or any other things that was tied up that you had to liquidate in order to get started? Hello, this is Casey and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete trading system. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. We did have retirement plans through my orthodontic practice. Now, speaking of uh, Wall Street investments, we had actually gotten away from that around the 2008 time with the meltdown of everything. So we weren't involved in the market anymore. We had been previously. But, um, yeah, we had assets that had to be redeployed, but that's a pretty simple thing. And most, most of every, what we did, we took action quickly. I'll give ourselves credit for that. We moved into self-directed accounts. You know, the typical accounts you have with the typical brokers and so on, if you went to them and said, oh, I'm going to buy a house, they'd go, um, no, we can't, you can't, you can't do that. So most of them know about self-directed accounts. They don't want you to know about self-directed accounts because what, you're not going to buy their products anymore. So finding uh, folks who are going to hold your money 
in a company where you can deploy it into, and there's some limitations. You can't buy collectibles. Um, I I, you know, there's cer certain limitations on that. So when I sell, save self-directed, but the 99% of the things you can buy out there, including real estate, if you've got a self-directed account. Okay. Well, that that's pretty interesting. I have heard about self-directed accounts also, and I've looked into them, but I don't know the finer details about that. So it's pretty interesting to know someone who's actually done it. So one of the things that I was reading when I was reading your profiles, you were talking about one of the most important things that you can do is investing in yourself. And I don't know if this is in addition to your other investments, but could you break that down? Why is investing in yourself so important? Okay, so, you, you know, when uh, when folks come to me, let's say it's a dentist because that was my profession, and they say, where do I start? I say, well, there's, they're like, okay, I want to get involved in real estate investing. I want to buy a house or something. And I say, well, first of all, your best return on investment is always going to be two things before you start buying houses, okay? Number one, investing in yourself and the knowledge and the education and meeting the right people. That's key. Okay. The second thing I tell a small business owner is the second best investment is your small business that you own already because your return on investment, you know, that business, you know, it. And that's the thing about real estate. You control it. And unlike wall street where, Hey, look with the meltdown we had in 2008, did the people even working at those firms, let alone the investors know that that company was going to melt down? They did, nobody knew that you couldn't control that. So you can control your own education getting more knowledgeable, meeting the right people. You can control your small business if you own one and then get into real estate investing, okay? So I always tell people, start with those things first, then come back and let's talk about investments that you can make. That's pretty interesting because one of my strategies that I've used to help grow my business is that I have taken my profit from the business and then roll it right back into the business, uh, which has helped me to accelerate growth is I'm always reinvesting into the business. And now that I'm considering going into the real estate side, I have to determine, well, how much do I want to roll back into the business and how much do I want to pull out and invest in real estate? And the question for me, it's a little tricky because I know what an investment in my business will produce. The real estate is more of an unknown for me. So Right. You know the ROI in your business. Of course, the limitation in your business can always become you. Right. Um, so if you don't have that, uh, you know, Michael Gerber thought of the e-myth where you're replacing yourself but still have, you know, look, dentists are a perfect example of this. Corporate dentistry is buying them up. But I, I would tell dentists to say, hey, be your own corporation. Hire a new dentist to work out of school to work for you. Keep that business, but you don't have to be working in it. So find a true business model and follow it. You don't necessarily have to walk away from dentistry You can, or, or any business for that matter. If you can find somebody to manage it for you, you still have that revenue from a business you know, and then you can go into other asset classes of investing like real estate. So, Right. And it actually, it ties into one of my previous guests who uh, said that one of the best uh, cash flow hacks is investing in training and training people. And, uh, that's worked really well for me is training people to work in my business and do a lot of the things that I can't do because I'm only one person. Right. I mean, you're, you're like I was, I was a solo entrepreneur. I was in that category that Robert Kiyosaki, you know, on the cash flow quadrant, I'm on the left side. I wasn't an employee, although technically I was an employee of the corporation, but I was in that S quadrant on the lower left. So trying to move over to the I and the B quadrants and his cash flow being an investor or being a true business owner. Now, Robert, 
defines a true business owner as a company that has 500 people or more. I'm never going to be that level, but right. I do. I, I never want to be. I want to escape the E and the S. I want to be an investor and I want to be a business owner, but I don't want to be the person that has to do all the minutia every day of the business. And you said call that the E and the S. What are those? Okay, so you know everybody's familiar with the Purple Book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, right? And it's a great book, and I recommend people read it. But I actually recommend that people read his second book, which was the Cash Flow Quadrant, which is my favorite. And the Cash Flow Quadrant talks about the four different quadrants. And on the upper left, if you look at his little quadrant, is an employee. That's the E quadrant. You're an employee. Okay. You're just working for somebody. You know, you're working for the man. Okay. And on the <laughs> lower left is the S quadrant. Now you've moved down. You own the business, but technically, what you really own is just a job. You're not really a true business because you can't walk away from it. You're, that business requires you to be there every day. So that's an S quadrant. Now, if you move over to the right-hand side on the upper right is the I quadrant, and that's the investor quadrant where you're saying, I'm just going to give my capital to other people to manage. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to somebody who is buying multifamily properties and they're, they're going to give me a return of say 10%. I'm going to just be an investor, okay? Then on the lower right is the true business owner who has a business which runs whether they're in the islands or in the Bahamas for four months. They're just getting checks every month from that business because other people are running it. So, you know, we're all, we all pretty much start out in the E quadrant. Some of us graduate to that S quadrant, but the goal is to get on the right-hand side of that quadrant and be passive, whether it be an investor or a business owner where you don't have to be there transactionally doing things every day. Now, would you say that you have made that uh, transition from uh, to investor now? Is that where you say you were at in your, your journey? I'd say that's where I'm at. I'd say that's where I'm at. Now, I'm also still in the S quadrant, though, by choice, okay? Because I've, you know, look, people said when I sold the practice and I walked away with the money that I got from it and the money we already had, it's like, just go to the beach. I don't think God put us on the earth to go to the beach. I think God put us on the earth to help other people, okay? And so my mission is to help other people achieve what I've achieved. And, you know, I think it's just a matter of getting the knowledge out there that it can be done. And yeah. sometimes people just don't even know. They can't wrap their head around the idea that, oh, my gosh, I have to be working at the chair or in my office or whatever I'm doing in my small business because if I don't, I can't replace this income. It's just getting that knowledge out there. So I just enjoy interacting with people, getting their calls and saying, let's walk through this and see how you can get yourself over to the right-hand side of the quadrant. So I'm an I, but by choice, I'm still an S. Yeah, that, well, that's great because at least you're now making the choice. You know, if you wanted to go on the beach, you could. That'd be your Well, decision, I could, I could right? work from the beach. I right. mean, I could, be, I could be doing a Zoom call from the beach if yeah. I wanted to. And that would be cool. That would be very cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. So. Yeah, and, you know, personally, working at the beach would be a nightmare. I mean, not working, but just not having anything to do. Your life would have no meaning, no purpose. It would be kind exactly. of like, yeah. I wouldn't want to live like that. No, I have no desire to do that. Like I say, I think God put us here to help other people. And if there's something we can do to help other people achieve their goals, that's what we're supposed to do. I agree. And that, that's why I'm really glad you're on the show and people can uh, follow up and take some action steps uh, yeah. based on what, what we're hearing. And one of the things that I would say is invest in yourself. Like Ross said, you know, find out what you want to do, get some education, meet some people, find people that have already done it. Like I'm finding Ross right now and, and learning from him. Just find people that you can learn from. It's really good. So, Ross, um, 
what is it now that you're doing since you have made this transition? Um, how are you helping people? How are you getting other people to get on this roadmap to becoming investors and creating additional cash flow in their lives? Okay, well, that's a great question. And what we had to figure out is how do we scale this so we can bring other people's assets to bear? Single family homes just weren't achievable for us. So what we deal in is commercial assets, whether it be multifamily, commercial office buildings, self-storage facilities, assisted living. And so I have a blog that I put out every week. We have a group of people, several hundred, that get that weekly blog. We'll occasionally put on a webinar. We'll do a capital raise for a project, whether it's something we're promoting or something somebody else that I know, like, and trust is promoting. Money that I'm, I'm putting my own money into. I'm putting my own skin in the game to those. So I'm not going to just bring anybody to my group. I'm very protective of my tribe, and I want to make sure that they know that an opportunity that I have vetted is safe for them to invest in. I mean, there's no guarantees. Nothing's 100% guaranteed. You know, any investment has risk. But um, that, so that's what we do is, is we do capital raises and we actually do our own developments. Like right now we have one going in Birmingham, Alabama, and we'll be doing a raise on that. And hopefully, you know, no guarantees, but hopefully the, you know, the IRR over five year period will be in the upper teens or maybe around 20% annualized returns. So pretty good investment for stroking a check. Okay. Could you back out just a little bit? Cause uh, I'm a little bit of a beginner. What's an IRR? Okay, an internal rate of return. So basically, it takes the time value of money over that five-year period and says, at the end of that five-year period, what was your annualized return as if you had taken the money and redeployed it into another asset? So here's how it typically breaks down, just to make it simple. Normally, and again, there are no promises of these, you know, past performance does not indicate that the future performance is going to be the same. But a typical syndication deal like that would be that the investors would get an 8% preferred return, meaning nobody gets paid until they get their 8%. So let's say it's a self-storage asset and you buy it and you do a value add to it where you improve the management, you add additional facility space to it because we don't invest in things where there's not a value add proposition to it because I believe in cash flow like you do, but I also believe in equity participation where you can improve a business, buy a business that's marginally run and improve it because you get a huge equity bump on that. So typically the investors will get an 8% preferred return. Management doesn't get anything like myself until they're paid. And then at the sale of it or the refinance of it at a five-year period, then they would get the equity bump on that too. So let's say the asset was worth $2 million, you drove it with the net operating income to a value of $4 million. They would get a percentage of that increase in the equity when we refinance. So the goal would be in that case to maximize their returns to get to, say, a 12 15% return or better. Okay. Well, thanks for breaking yeah. that down. Yeah. yeah. Now, on your blog – would you be sharing the the potential opportunities that people would have uh, for these types of investments? Is that where they find out about them? My blog is educational only, and some okay. of it will be very simple. Okay, um, for somebody who's gotten involved in doing things like you have, or maybe some of the people that have already invested in real estate, some of it's very simple. But many of the people coming to sign up for it don't have any knowledge of real estate investing, so it's very simple things like how does a pro forma work. What's a feasibility study look like? 
you know, what kind of returns can we expect and how is that broken down? And we might look at how do you build a team, for example. One of our blogs was about how do we build a team? I've got my inner team, the folks that work with me daily, but how did I go to Birmingham, Alabama and build a team of general contractors, engineers, architects, property management to manage a facility for us there? I mean, so very educational things. And then our webinars that we put on are actually educational as well only. We don't solicit things. If people want to participate, they have to contact us later to request a PPM, an offering memorandum, and uh, then participate in it. So, you know, there's a lot of SEC rules out there. We have to be careful when we're raising funding for opportunities that we follow all the little rules each way down. And so we try not to solicit anything on our website or our blog is simply educational. I but, got it. That, but signing up for the blog is the way they get invited to webinars. I see. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I think that's a great resource for people, and that's why I like sharing uh, resources like that on my website. What is your web address? Um, how do people get in contact with you and learn? start beginning to learn from you? Okay. So the website is smartassetopportunities.com. The smart asset, if you drop the E and a T, would be a little bit of a smart ass, which I am a little bit. So I'm a little, I got a sense of humor there. So, uh, but if they, if they go to the website, they can sign up for the weekly blog. I would, I would recommend they just kick the tires a little bit, sign up for the blog for a couple of weeks. If they don't like it, just unsubscribe. If they do like what they see, then they can contact me. My contact information and cell phone number are there on the website. And then if anybody comes to our website and signs up and says they came as a result of our interview today, we'd be happy to give them a copy of our book for free, which is just a compilation of different small business owners who were also at the same stuck point that I was thinking they didn't have a way to replace their income and reading their stories. So it's like 13 chapters of different people and how they escaped that W-2 world to reach that passive income to replace their transactional income. Well, that sounds pretty exciting. I'm definitely going to go and check your site out and sign up because I want to get this education. And I recommend that everyone that's listening go ahead and go there and get your book. Can't really beat that. Um, yeah. We'll have all of the information and the descriptions and the links below in the episode show notes. And uh, thank you so much, Ross, for being on the show today. Casey, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate what you're doing because it goes beyond yourself. It's helping other people. Do of course what you want to do, like you said earlier. It's you know you got a little bit of a hidden agenda there. You're learning too, but you're helping other people get to where they want to be to their hopefully to their freedom point at some point as well. So, all right. Well, thanks again, and thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you check out Ross's website, get his free book, and if you enjoyed the show, please uh, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you. You have been listening to the Cashflow Hacking Podcast. Thank you. I hope that you will take some action steps on the information that you learned in today's episode. It is critical that you don't just learn, but that you actually do something about the information you learned. Go back and listen again and write down what you're going to do about what you learned today. It just might change your life. If this podcast was beneficial to you, please go to iTunes and search Cashflow Hacking Podcast and leave a review. Also, if you want more financial tips and wisdom and you want to interact with me directly, you can always follow me on Twitter. Just search for Casey Stubbs. 
Thank you for listening to the Cashflow Hacking Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time. Thank you.